You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 460, an unusual quiz, no pampites we promise, the hubris of lockdown gurus and Juliet's guide to the alternative Glastonbury. That's all coming up after Pugwash and it's nice to be nice. It's nice to be nice As my mama once could filter a song through the Beatles, the Beach Boys and the Turtles, then this would probably be the result from the gorgeous album Jollity from 2005 Pugwash. And it's nice to be nice. It is. Well, I, I agree with both the sentiments and the song, if you see what I mean, because I, I thought that was very good. I'm not familiar with Pugwash. I'm only familiar with Pugwash through the lens of or the prism of you uh, picking them occasionally on the podcast. And I always enjoy everything I hear. And of course, I did very much like the Duckworth Lewis method, mm. which is uh, your man from Divine Comedy and your man from Pugwash. So, uh, so no, I am uh, pro Pugwash, pro the causes thereof. <laughs> Hey, nonny, no, and welcome to the <laughs> podcast from the Paris Council. It's episode 460. Uh, I'm Terence Dackham, and in her very own social bubble, it's Juliet Harris. It is. I should have picked The Boy in the Bubble by uh, Paul Simon, really, as one of my tracks this week. I know that the gender is wrong, but, you know, I, I feel... I feel very familiar, although, uh, of course, regular listeners will know of my love of The Simpsons. And there is a, a, a an episode where one of the subplots is that Bart gets bitten by some unusual Japanese fly or something and ends up not a mosquito, but, you know, something unusual and ends up 
with some terrible allergy and ends up having to sit be in one side of one of those plastic bubbles that he walks around in and he does gets up to various no good and, and someone tells him off and he says hey my bubble my rules so uh, i do feel a little bit like uh, i in the bubble is my rules if i want a chocolate mousse at half 10 terence that's when i'll have a chocolate mousse it's funny you mention it because your uh, Simpsons, my Seinfeld is like yeah. my devotion. Seinfeld. And one of the best episodes of Seinfeld is um, called The Boy in the Bubble. Uh-huh. And it features a, a boy who has to live his life in a bubble. And yeah. um, George Costanza uh, <laughs> ends up <laughs> playing Trivial Pursuit with him. And I, I won't give any spoilers, but it's probably one of the, it's one of the best out of 180 Seinfeld episodes. It's in the top five. I'm so very- it- I'm very thinly Seinfelded, so it's, it's oh. something which now I've got lots of time. I should be catching up with really, so I will look out for that one particularly. My the friends, in the bubble. indeed, my friends always tease me and refer to me as the female George Costanza, which I, I I've tried not to find offensive. There are obviously negative <laughs> aspects of it, but anyway, no. I what can I say? It's it, it isn't it nice that our favourite shows have so much bubble-related hashtag. <laughs> well. Now I come to realise that it was quite distressing hearing the lovely songs of the Beatles in last week's episode. <laughs> uh, it's very a... relaxing, but then we have very different policies on easy listening music, don't we? We, we do. This, um, yeah. Yeah, if, in case you missed it, we, they, we played them on the hideous sound of panpipes in the quiz. So I promised there are no panpipes in this week's quiz. It's quite straightforward, really. Mm. All you, the listener, and you, the Juliet, have to do mm-hmm. is identify five songs and the artist from five brief clips. Five points for the song, five points for the original artist. I say original artist because... Did I mention these are all covers on bagpipes? Oh, man. Seven points from ten wins. Um, the star prize is a, a piper comes and wakes you up each day for a week by playing bagpipes under your bedroom window at 5 a.m. And the um, second prize is two weeks. <laughs> yes. It's like the Queen Mother used to have at the Castle of May. Um, so it might uh, be a good prize. <laughs> aspired to a queen mother-esque lifestyle so i look forward to this uh, this is pretty hideous it's um five songs five artists and lots of bagpipes That was quite distressing, wasn't it, really? There's also some counselling, because I feel that that (laughs) would be appropriate, frankly. That was just awful, wasn't it? But let's see how many out of the five clips you can identify what they were and who was the artist involved. Number one. I mean, I have to say, all of these songs, where is the market for this? Who (laughs) who is it that needs these songs played in this way? Imagine going into the few remaining record shops that (laughs) exist in the country and say, "Um, have you got any uh, pop hits of the 80s played on bagpipes? And I actually said, I've got just the thing. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, I do feel like I've been slightly waterboarded. I must admit, I had to turn the volume down. I also must say, I've never written so quickly in my life because I thought, oh, I don't want it to be one of these weeks where I go, I missed that one. Can you play them again? <laughs> no needs to hear those again. Right, firstly, uh, a song much beloved of the pod. Yes. Uh, uh, Africa by Toto. A Yacht Rock classic. <laughs> number one on Billboard in 1982. Yacht Rock becomes Jock Rock. Or <laughs> Yacht Rock, maybe. So, uh, second, again, where is the market for this? Um, <laughs> Happy by Pharrell Williams played on the bagpipes. A, a joyous tune, and he's also remembered for 
Daft Punk's Lucky, of course, unfortunately also remembered for writing and producing Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. I mean, Robin Thicke, if ever, you know, nominative determinism in action. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yes, uh, Get Lucky by Daft Punk, the sound of every summer for the rest of our lives, I suspect. Um, Another summary song at number three. Now, I can either give you the original band that did this or the more famous cover. The song is The Tide Is High, um, known for being done by Blondie, but originally by the Paragons, I believe. Very good. And Oddly enough, on the album that this comes from, it's listed as a cover of Atomic Kitten, which is uh, probably the least <laughs> well-known. Yes, absolutely. And, and perhaps the least artistically merited. Apologies. And you know, oh, sorry, Jules, yeah. Yeah, apologies to the kitten fans out there. Yeah, and I was going to say, Debbie Harry celebrates her 75th birthday in the week we record this. Yes, and seems like a very pleasant person. I must try and read her recent autobiography. It's meant to be very good, apparently. She was interviewed on, on various things and came across as quite a pleasant, balanced person, really. So, real real uh, name, Angela Trimble. <laughs> wow. Um Number four, um, a song that's always I have a limited tolerance for, even in its normal form, I must admit. But uh, Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun, brackets, on the bagpipes, close brackets. Cindy Lauper, now also a celebrated actress, she appeared in the Broadway musical of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Again, as much as I would like to see that, who is that marketing you that, <laughs> frankly? SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. Anyway, just goes to show, maybe, you know, maybe a post-COVID world will involve less bizarre things who knows um finally the very moving and stirring sound of let it be by the beatles i knew they'd sneak in there it you know there's more to them than just pan pipes it turns out to be fair it sounded no worse than what phil Spector did uh, on the original mix <laughs> i mean it compared didn't it but you know mm. i let other people assume what the standard is there um, the, the updated uh, Let It Be movie, unfortunately, it's called Get Back, but it's an update of the Let It Be movie. It's oh, been, yeah. been postponed to August 2021. It was supposed that, to be out this summer, which is shame. Well, you're 10 out of 10. You've got the bagpiper okay. coming well, around I, under your bedroom window. I don't know how proud to be of that, though, really. <laughs> got some bonus questions for you, just three oh, bonus are they, questions. Are they more bagpipes? Or they not? are bagpipe related, yes. Oh, okay. Question one in the bonus that I'm calling bagpipe bonus <laughs> oh i like that that's very good indeed how old jules is the oldest set of bagpipes and i'll give you 200 years each way okay i think the oldest set of bagpipes are 700 years old 800 years old so you win Ooh, hooray that is the not bad bagpipes were played at the battle of Bannockburn in 1314, which must have been very distressing for all those on the battlefield. <laughs> whereas otherwise, whereas the battle is otherwise quite a chill and uplifting place, I should think. Question number two. You did very well there. Hey. Question number two. In what year did the UK War Office ban the practice of playing bag, bagpipes in the trenches? And so you've got to think about wars. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Well, hooray for the War Office, frankly. Hmm. I feel those people in the trenches suffered enough. Um, let's say 1916. I'm going to give you that. It was 1915. A very, oh, very hey. good answer. I guess it must have kind of hinted your position to the enemy, really, must not it? Oh, flag of Scotland! <laughs> you know, across no man's land. Absolutely, you know. yes. I think, I think you know, where, where they probably... Pres- oh, no, who knows? Maybe the enemy presumed that somebody was already hurt with the sound of the back. Yes, very go. true. Yes. And what are they doing to those poor cats in oh, the trenches? Absolutely. With apologies to all of our Scottish listeners, by the way. I'm <laughs> sorry to, be, to be tearing chunks out of your, I was going to say, book heritage, but that's not going to calm things down, is it? Anyway, carry on. Question three and the final question. You've done very well. You've got two out of two so Thank far. You. Paul McCartney famously featured bagpipes on Mull of Kintyre. Did. Which year was it the Christmas number one? And I'm going to give you a very, very generous five years either way. Bull of Kintyre, what year was it the Christmas number one? That is incredibly generous of you, Seti. I am going to guess at... 19... Very good, you're on the right track. Yeah, not going wrong. 1976? Oh, superb. 1977. Absolutely superb. Well, first single to sell over two million copies in the UK. Wow, that is um, that is something else, isn't it? Really, my, my least favourite Paul McCartney composition of all time. I mean, I, I mean, I don't dislike the tune. I think this is another Let It Be syndrome, isn't it? I quite the tune's quite sweet. It's just a bit um, overdressed, in my view. 
is <laughs> not like either of us as we're recording this in, in, in balmy britain yes, yes. In, although we're not spending our balmy britain in bournemouth unlike most most mm-hmm. other occupants of britain it would seem coming next the pretension of lockdown motivational gurus. Uh, that's right after Mantronics. You know, I just wanted something to cheer me up this week, frankly. I just, I wanted something a bit uplifting and uh, I think that's great. I love records that are quite breezy, that have quite a lot of space in. And I think that's great. It's, uh, sometimes only acid jazz will hit the spot. And that was where I found myself this week. That was Manatronics and that was uh, Got to Have Your Love. It's unusual in that they were far more, far more successful in the UK than they were in America. They're from New York. Got to Have Your Love, which was a track we heard there, as you said was their only single to get into the Billboard Hot 100, and it only reached number 82, number four over here. And I was thinking, I can't think... I can't think of many American bands 
who are more popular in the UK. The only one I could think of was Sparks, who are more or less unknown in America. Even uh, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Hmm. Didn't even reach the Billboard Hot 100 over there. But uh, I can't think of many other bands. American Bush. bands bigger oh, here. The other way Bush. around. Bush, a bit of, no, hmm. hardly got anywhere in Britain, huge in America. Hmm, okay. That's, yeah. that's but, the alternative flip side of that. Hmm, hmm. So it's unusual. Um, I remember working for a comedy show on Radio 4 and we didn't have an office just a desk and alongside us with a little more space was an area used by a Radio 4 consumer programme and there was a rule uh, there's always BBC is full of rules there was a rule that you couldn't pin or tape stuff to the walls but nonetheless one of the consumer programmes team decided to blue tack up some (laughs) motivational posters Uh in some Hackneyed idea to get her colleagues uh, walking, working kind of more cohesively, I suppose. And these, these posters said things like, the only way to guarantee failure is to never try. And <laughs> we all have the tools for greatness within us. So we decided uh, to print up a couple of our own in, the, in what became the great Radio 4 motivational poster war. And ours said, failure is my life goal. <laughs> and uh, don't dream, go to the pub. And when we came in the next week, our posters had mysteriously disappeared. That is so, a big mystery from which we'll never recover. One of the great fallacies in life is in, is it's in, encouraged by self-declared lifestyle gurus whose credibility and, of course, income depends on persuading people that by simply believing anyone can mm. achieve anything. And this lockdown period, Jules, it seems to have doubled or trebled the number of these charlatans there is a lot of nonsense around frankly a lot of nonsense so um so yeah i i like you have limited tolerance for this kind of um large i mean photographs of beaches with a uh, with a, a a quote on it and one of my one of my favorite facebook pages is called something like um you, it's never your most successful friend sharing motivational quotes and i so i feel that's that's where we are with this sort of thing there are lots of people that are you know trying to uh, trying to do this sort of thing and you just it does make me want to um want to tear things apart i must admit i'm trying to find that someone wrote this big long piece that i thought was really interesting saying something like um you know basically debunking there's there's been a lot of things at the beginning of of uh, of lockdown that had absolute nonsense saying things like you know if you're not using lockdown to learn a new skill then you're doing something wrong um no you're not doing anything wrong i don't think i just think that you're you know incredibly overwhelmed by what's going on who wouldn't blame you and somehow we've just got to survive day to day at the moment unfortunately not everybody take this view um the thing is is that when people have these inspirational quotes you know the successful telling us how successful we can all be they say it from the advantage of people who are already successful um so uh, this pearl from victoria beckham i believe you can achieve anything if you work hard enough to get it that might have been true when she was originally a Spice Girl because the Spice Girls were known for being very hardworking. I've spoken previously about the fact that her fashion label is pretty good. It's it's reasonably well viewed from people in the industry. Having said that, she had quite a lot of seed money to set that up with, didn't she? And mm. she she could hit the ground running because she had contacts, didn't she? And also she could, to some extent, buy her way in. They yes. might claim that she didn't, but she pretty much did. I think the absolute making me want to uh, smash every window I can find it was this thing that I think you sent to me deliberately knowing <laughs> I would react. Um, Awaken the greatness within you.com forward slash you hyphen can hyphen achieve hyphen anything hyphen that hyphen you hyphen set hyphen your hyphen mine hyphen two forward slash for anybody that wishes to look this up. You can achieve anything that you set your mind to. I'm not convinced that a person wrote this. I think this was written by an algorithm or was or is just someone has copied and pasted everything, every single sentence, because it's not a paragraph that runs together. It's not a thing. 
it's one slogan after another. So tell me how you think this paragraph hangs together. Believe in yourself. You can achieve anything that you set your mind to. There are no limits out here. The only limits are those that you impose upon yourself. Full stop. <laughs> Dream, believe and take action. Full stop. Identify what you truly want and how you truly want to live your life, comma, and take action. Full stop. Start to create the life of your dreams. Full stop. Start small, comma, dream big and don't ever give up. All of those phrases could be pasted in a wall transfer <laughs> with cushions. You know, those live, laugh, love things. It, it, this <laughs> laugh, love the website. If you like this sort of thing and have low blood pressure, I would recommend that you go and have a look at this. I, one of my, by the way, going off on a live, laugh, love tangent, one of mm. my favourite moments of the last couple of years was the Grand National last year when there was a horse that was called live, love, laugh or whatever order it was in. All lowercase, all one word that ended up having started off as one of these sort of outsiders had odds on 20 of 20 to 1 by the end because and we we just couldn't stop laughing when we watched it they went around all of these sort of blokes in the in in the crowd who were all obviously keen pundits and fans and punters and you know had some knowledge and they'd all be asked who they were putting their money on and and it would be you know one of the favorites or, or you know, a well-fancied outsider or you know but have some logic to it and Every single one of their wives and girlfriends, when asked, would say, oh, I put my money on live, laugh, love, <laughs> like every single one. And in the end, it ended up with really short odds because every single person's wife or girlfriend, apologies for gender stereotyping, we just felt what was shown to us on the screen, um, put money on that. So in that sense, I do find that quite funny. On, on, a, on a similar wall transfer related note, when I first moved into my flat, unfortunately, the sellers did not quite leave aspects of it as I would have liked, i.e., the front door lock was broken. I hadn't been told. I had to call the locksmith out within an hour of moving in. Um, they very kindly left the blind in my bedroom. Um, they did not tell me that the reason they'd left the blind is because it was broken. So I pulled it and it came, as, as, as the <laughs> edge goes, it came off in my hand. Um, we couldn't understand why the bathroom sink was slightly leaking. When we took the front of the pedestal off, all the pipe was, had been put in backwards. So we had a few things to deal with. Oh, and the washing machine had leaked where there was a massive leak in the kitchen where the washing machine had been unplumbed and it had just been left for me to deal with so um and where they'd moved their cooker um i then realized that they had painted the tiles with black tile paint which had bubbled and split because <laughs> it was behind a heater so i was already quite cross by this point came into the small bedroom which had been a nursery and <laughs> had a large wall transfer of i think it was winnie the pooh the character and the legend people come in and out of our lives but leave footprints on our hearts and as i <laughs> as i wanted to write underneath and blinds that don't work and <laughs> don't lock and in the end i had great therapy pulling off large winnie the pooh transfers off the off the wall and stamping on them so i have a long time anathema to motivate if it looks like it could be pasted on the wall as a motivational quote I'm not interested. If your firm has large motivational quotes written on the walls, I will not use your firm. Um, I, I get that for some young people, motivational things are very helpful. And I completely understand that sometimes it is quite helpful, particularly if you're a young person that doesn't have contacts, to have people to, you know, sort of encourage you and to have things for you to focus on I get that that is motivating but I do worry about young people that kind of you know this philosophy via Instagram approach um written by people who you know perhaps haven't had to struggle all the influencers who've managed to find a way of you know of uh, our, old, our old friend what's his name thingy Paul from the YouTube channel and Zoella and all of those people that we've complained about previously <laughs> You know, maybe they are, you know, maybe you too can get a load of old money for showing handbags on Instagram. I don't know. But anyway, it's it worries me that it gives young people, particularly the influencers, I think it gives me the idea that young people aren't able to, you know, that, that, that it doesn't involve a lot of hard work. I was I was reading an interview with Nadine Shah this week. We featured her music Shah a lot, actually. Yeah, I, in the past, I, yeah. Yeah. And Nadine says one of the biggest notions that she's going to take from lockdown is that she's, um, I quote, sick of celebrities tweeting at us from their huge gardens, reminding Absolutely. us to breathe and going, oh, this is the time to learn Italian and do your sabbatical, yeah. uh, end of quote, which in turn 
in turn reminded me of the tear streaked video uh, released oh, earlier this month by uh, some of Hollywood's daftest celebrities in which they breathlessly informed us that I take responsibility. Um, all of this um, yes. is part of a world where people who believe they've made it and yeah. a massive number who aspire to think they have some sort of ability to teach us that by following mm -hmm. their creed, buying their book, subscribing to their channel, that mm. every single one of us can succeed if only we believe hard enough. And this, of course, is total nonsense because um, no no beehive can thrive if the nest only contains queen bees. And, and it means that the more influence these Egypts have, the more disappointment their followers will endure when they realise that actually belief alone does not get you a home in the Hollywood Hills. No, absolutely. I think that's that's very well said. I think that the link to Instagram influencers is particularly useful, I think, because often they haven't achieved very much that I think will last. Absolutely. Coming right up, the alternative Glastonbury. That's next after this terrific track uh, suggested by listeners Niall and Matthew. It's from the new album by A Girl Called Eddie.
I've long been a fan of Erin uh, Moran, and so I was delighted when um, our listeners Niall and Matthew told me about her new album. There's a, a great comment after this particular track on YouTube that says it's as if Todd Rundgren had written this song for Steely Dan, and you can't aim much higher than that, I think. Beautifully produced by Daniel Tashian, Erin Moran under her stage name, A Girl Called Eddie, and from her new album Been Around, that was track three, Jody. I like, really like that. And mm. and I think that once again, we've been so fortunate with our listeners suggestions because they're always top draw. Yes, absolutely. That That's uh, another one in that long line of good suggestions. Um, my experiences of uh, visiting the Glastonbury Festival have not been that positive. Back in 1997 was the worst of times before the more modern day security and fence arrangements were, were set up. And by in those days, by bribing security guards or by giving scousers uh, a £20 note to borrow their ladder to get over the tiny fence, anyone could get in and it felt like half the world uh, did. Uh, that year, 1997, it was so appallingly overcrowded. I think 80,000 was supposed to be in attendance and the actual um, estimate was 200,000 because it was thought over 100,000 people came in over the walls and under the fences and so on. Um, I, I ended up um, bottling out and uh, staying at the Georgian Pilgrim Hotel in Glastonbury High Street um, in, instead of staying on site. And at, at this uh, rather splendid hotel, they found me an enterprising young student who worked there. And she ferried me back and forth to Pilton, the site of uh, the Glastonbury Festival, for the three days uh, on her moped uh, for a couple of quid a journey. I just sat on the back of her moped. She took me over to the festival. And then um, I called up with my mobile phone. I was an earlier adopter of mobile phones and uh, she'd come and pick me up at the gates every evening so that that was a very uh, sensible and, and uh, civilized way <laughs> of dealing with the hell i'm not surprised that a famous person such as yourself managed mm. to get a chauffeur service absolutely but um you couldn't get anywhere near the main stage as i say because it was so overcrowded horrendous overcrowding um but i did get to see ray davis the levelers who were mm. fantastic and cooler shaker twice on successive days because neil young didn't turn up on the last day and cooler shaker stepped in oh, um, that's nice yeah but my last visit was in 2002 which was the first year with the new fence and enhanced security and it was much better once you got in uh, but there's a big but we were uh, going to stay in this large rv uh, it was one of the first years you could take in big like camper truck type things but it took us so long to get in on the friday afternoon we were queuing for hours and hours um that we only actually got to towards the stage in the early evening so we saw a bit of Nelly Furtado uh, then Ash then Faithless and Coldplay and then we thought and this is my last uh, ever experience because we thought stuff this so um, we drove out again which took about three hours at midnight and <laughs> decided that was to be the end of Glastonbury Festival experiences and never been back since now Jules this year because of lockdown, there is no Glastonbury in the live sense, but the BBC, to mark Glastonbury's 50th birthday, are running a sort of lookalike Glastonbury all over the weekend. And by the way, if you're listening to this in 2024, it's all going to be on the BBC iPlayer for viewers who miss it at the time this weekend. So can you advise us, Jules, what should we be looking out for in this virtual Glastonbury? Well, given that I've never been to Glastonbury, it's quite entertaining. Well, I've been to Glastonbury, the town, but I haven't been to the <laughs> festival. So the town is rather charming, actually, but I've never yeah. been to the festival. So perhaps I'm an ill-equipped guide. But having spent many years sat at home on my sofa watching Glastonbury, perhaps my time truly is now this year. I don't know. This is my moment, Terence. Um, looking at the, the BBC's Glastonbury experience guide of... So all of the sets have been put up on iPlayer already, but there's also a dedicated live channel on iPlayer. So in terms of, of sets, that we might want to look at going at each through each day thursday to, to monday unusually they've decided to make it five day extravaganza instead of three which is rather sweet on the on the thursday i would recommend what well, as you would call them my radio head their <laughs> 1997 seminal set so not the one that we discussed from a year or two ago but they're from 2017 but they're, they're 97 pyramid stage they didn't think it was going well everyone adored hearing a computer that was on 
at half 11 on Thursday. So that was my Thursday pick. So you can find that on iPlayer. My Friday picks, um, already been on, but again, you can find them on, on iPlayer. I would recommend having a look at Sigrid, who mm, is okay. a young sort of Scandinavian pop star um, and I saw it completely by accident a year or two ago that happened to be on a sort of Sunday late-ish at my parents and I thought she was really good I thought she was a one to watch a pop star for the future so I'd recommend her I'd recommend catching up with Beyonce's set which is at uh, 10 o'clock this evening one of the the first 15 minutes one of the most dazzling moments ever at Glastonbury I think and I watched it in great joy as well because I was handing in notice to a job which I I was not enjoying very much the next day. So her 2011 uh, Glastonbury set is fantastic. So I would recommend that for Friday picks, Sigrid and Beyonce. Saturday, um, I would recommend the excellent Janelle Monae is on at 12 o'clock. And Mm, she is the... just a relentless a little bit like Beyonce this relentless kind of space pop R&B set it's almost like an R&B review I thought it was brilliant so I'd recommend her Um, and for those people that are sort of you know that that like them like them or not they are an essential part of Glastonbury you can't watch a Glastonbury weekend without watching a Coldplay set so that is they are half 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 11 live on Saturday night Sunday um, I would recommend that we have a bit of Kylie at two o'clock. I very much enjoyed Kylie's set last year. I thought it was superb. So I would recommend that you watch Kylie and also David Bowie's superb set from I think it was 2000 is on at half nine. So so I would reckon those would be my Sunday picks. My Monday picks will not surprise uh, regular people to know, regular listeners to know that I will be picking PJ Harvey's set. There's a thing. I know, what a shocker. But having said that, I was interested and in, was speculating on Twitter with pals as to which one they would pick because she played sets. She played in the early years, I think 92 or 93, her, her sort of famous pink catsuit set from 1995 where she came on slightly up the bill because uh, I think she was in the slot that Pulp should have been at uh, the... Um, that Pulp should have been in, but Pulp, I think, did Pulp stand in from the Stone Roses? I think they did that year. So, so she was slightly higher up the bill on the Saturday, I think, and she came on in the infamous pink cat suit and a wonder bra. And I actually have a bootleg of the audio from that gig, which was absolutely outstanding. It's seen as one of the, the big Glastonbury sets. Unfortunately, Channel 4 had Glastonbury rights in 1995, so we always thought it was an outside chance it would be on, although allegedly the Oasis set on Saturday is meant to be from 94, I think. But um, um, the alternative to that, it could have been her 2016 performance, which was almost equally seminal, the the Sunday after the Brexit referendum result. but I wondered if they would show that. It was shown pretty much live on BBC4 at the time or, or not long after they'd just come off, I think. And they were absolutely outstanding. But they, she read No Man is an Island by John Don, and it was uh, it was cut, unfortunately. Um, or John Don, I think it's pronounced. It was cut from the BBC's coverage, who, of course, worry about impartiality. Maybe that was used as an excuse not to show it this time, because actually the set they've gone with is from 2004, which is great. Yeah. It's, I really enjoyed it, and I saw her when she was touring that she was wearing her Spice Girls dress so that is that is worth looking out for for that and it's a, you know it's, it's a good rock set I enjoyed it and you know it's always worth hearing her material it's a shame it doesn't pick pink cat suits or you know sort of Brexit land PJ Harvey but it is very good nonetheless um, I will try and watch the Amy Winehouse set I think it was near the end of her life so I'm not sure how much of that I can bear uh, Beyonce on again if you missed her the first time round she's on at, 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 at 10 o'clock on Monday night and I will probably watch Blur's set I think from a uh, from from, uh, from I think it was 98 99 maybe it it looks brilliant so and I remember that at the time being very good some things I would have liked to have seen I would have liked to have seen Tame Impala or Warpaint again from recent years it would have been lovely to have more of the legend sets I think it would have been nice to have the Reverend Al Green it would have been nice to have had Dolly Parton set again that's really missed I I wonder if they have problems with, with rights reasons for that because I think that would have been a, a an outstanding one also possibly Dame Shirley Bass's set as well in the in the legend slot with her famous DSB Diamante Wellingtons. I would have liked to have, have seen that as well. But having said that, it's rather recent years centric. But there are there are lots of things. I think they've done really well the BBC to pull something this good together. If you see what I mean, you can see the, some of the individual songs as well. There's you know there's, there's a good range of stuff. 
not necessarily from the outer fringes. This is all very much sort of main stage and other stage centric. But um, but as far as it goes, I think it's a really good selection. I'm very grateful to have it all on, and I'm looking forward to to enjoying as much of it as I can over the weekend. I'm going to try and watch all of your recommendations. I think I've, I've underlined three. I'm definitely going to watch Radiohead with a revised mindset. I need to look yes. at that again and with it, a. And it'll be a different set as well. It won't yeah. be you saw it will be an earlier set when they were more straightforwardly rock rather than the patient they've done of recent years maybe that will be more to your your ear i think i'm definitely beyonce and definitely david bowie as well it's a shame that the real glastonbury is cancelled because the headlines this headliners i should say this Mm. year um diana ross taylor swift kendrick lamar and paul mccartney that would have been great to see uh, on the tv absolutely and 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 also, you know, varied in gender, var- varied in you know ethnicity. It, it was it was a good reflective uh, sort of you know uh, good, good re- reflective kind of uh, for the times. I think, but no, definitely, I would recommend if you're missing Diana Ross, you know, I'd I'd recommend having a go at Janelle Monae because that is that was a mm. properly tight kind of review type set. So uh, so yeah, mm. but then having said that, most of the stuff that is that they've picked, you can't really go wrong with. I mean, I've picked those as highlights, but equally, Christine and the queens that is excellent kind of shiny pop um there's a couple of repeats you know storms is on a couple of times i think but um but no it looks it it looks great i think there's something for everyone if um it, it, just a sort of fun reminder if you're sort of thinking well why are they going on about this they you know i'm listening to this a week a week later a month later a year later all the performances yeah absolutely yeah it, all the performances Juliet was talking about are all on the BBC iPlayer to be watched at any time uh, at your convenience. And I think they're likely to be up for a year or so, I think. I think yeah. that anyway. They'll leave them up for a while, I hope. As always, thanks very much uh, for listening and being with us. Yes, always. And, and particularly at this uh, bizarre time, it's nice that you mm-hmm. still want to give us your attention. We're not going anywhere and presumably neither are you. So it's nice <laughs> that we can spend this time together. Now, just before we hear about Juliet's radio appearances, let's once again uh, pick out some reviews I've got here. Um, (laughs) In very bad taste, very offensive, a disaster. No, don't worry. These aren't reviews of Juliet. These are reviews of the 1990 British sitcom Heil Honey, I'm Home, in which Adolf (laughs) Hitler... And Ava Brown lived next door to a Jewish couple. Uh, not surprisingly, it was cancelled after one episode. Oh, uh, wow. made seven yeah. unaired. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, honey, I'm home. Uh, so where can we hear you performing always in the very best of taste, Juliet? Yes, indeed, the best possible taste, mm. as somebody once said. Well, you can hear me on my Mixler channel. If you go to the mm. Mixler website, which is Mixler, M-I-X-L-R, because nobody has any vowels anymore, dot com, um, and search for my name, which I think, hopefully, you might be familiar with is Juliet Harris, but if not, I'm Juliet. Hello. Um, you can look look me up there, and you can subscribe to my channel. It will let you know when I'm on air, but just so you know in advance, I'm on air from 5 to 7 p.m. tomorrow, which is Saturday, the 27th of June, um, and I'll be doing... Doing, uh, the Saturday Social, which is Northern Soul, Motown, Mod, etc., and a bit of funk as well, a bit of disco, depends sort of where we go. And on Sunday evening from 7 till 9 pm, I will be doing Smooth Sailing, which is uh, a bit of a different vibe. That is uh, uplifting pop, classic pop, MOR, yacht rock, um, easy listening, that sort of thing, really. So, uh, so if you'd like to spend that time with me, you can. Otherwise, if you go onto my profile on Mixer, you can find what's called my showreel. And that has all my previous shows on it that I upload after I've done them. Absolutely marvellous and uh, two great shows, it has to be said. Um, Such a lovely track now that you've chosen to play us out. Yes, thank you. I really love this. Um, We're fans of Kiki D on this podcast, and uh, I thought this was really lovely, actually. Um, Produced by Elton John, as Terence pointed out to me. Thank you. Also production credit for Terence. This is Mm. Kiki D, and this is Loving and Free. I am bound like the knots in a string, eager to be where my life can begin. Out of the shadow and into the sun, so many things that I should have done. I will untangle
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.